Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. Thank you, uh, Prophet Zach. Oh, my name's Maddie, apparently. It's real good, it's real good. Only, only the prophet and my wife are able to call me that. Oh my goodness, hey. That's all I got, presence of the Lord. Come Lord Jesus, come, amen. Uh, who, was it that, uh, who was it that was in need of a job? Where's your hand at? Who needs a job? J-O-B, someone was praying for a job. There's a job, someone, someone. Johan, my man, somebody literally just handed me this business card and said, hey, I'm hiring, so there you go. Legit, just happened, yeah, uh, fantastic. Um, and he's sitting really close to you, he's really handsome, has a beard. Anyways, it's great, you'll find him real easy. His name's Dave. Um, sweet Lord, uh, truly, truly sweet Lord, he's so good, he's so faithful, amen. Are you glad to be found in the house of God this morning? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I just, oh, I can't get over it, I can't get over it, I can't get over it. I don't know why you're here this morning, I don't know what decision went into that for you, but I know why God called you here this morning. It's because he longs to take over your life, and he, he shows that, and he proves that by little moments like this, amen? Little moments like this where he tells you, listen, 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 I didn't come just to alter your life. I came to author your life. Amen. And this is what it looks like every single day when you're not living a life just simply altered by God, but you're living a life on the altar of God so he can author your life. How many of you know, we say it all the time, Jesus, he, he's not interested in simply taking part in your life. He came to take over your life. And that's the birthplace, that's the reason for this church's existence. It's to get back to why he came, to get back to why he rose again, to get back to why he ascended on high, amen? Oh, and wow, next week we turn five years old, baby. Oh, just getting out of diapers, it's gonna be awesome. Hey, someone's judging me for... Listen, women mature faster than the boys. That's what I was told. So Adrian's been on a diapers. Anyways, um, but fam, we, we collectively, we gave $18,000. You see, five years ago when we started this church, it was off a word in $80. A word from heaven in $80. Dollars And that word was, I didn't come to simply take part. I came to take over lives. I don't know what's next. I don't know what's coming up. I don't know what the next building looks like. Because Lord knows we're praying for a bigger boat. We're praying for a bigger boat. That was a word that was spoken over us around this time last year, March or April of last year. It was spoke over us. The Lord has a bigger boat for us. And I'm sitting here going, we're in a 5,000 square foot arena, in my opinion. <laughs> and this guy right in the middle of a 5,000 person conference spoke that over us. That the Lord has a bigger boat for us. And I'm believing for one with more than two bathrooms. One that has a bigger kids area. Not because we need, right, not because we need this crazy illustrious thing. No, 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 because we need a place that we can disciple the young. 
Come on, our heart is that there is no junior Holy Spirit, amen? Man, I want, I want kids with flags on our platform one day. I want words of knowledge, words of healing coming out of the mouth of babes, amen? That is where we are going, friends. So I don't know what's next, and I don't know what that looks like. The Lord's only given us peaks around the corner, but know this. You were faithful, and that is a faithful seed, and that is a seed that is going to produce such a fruit in our region. It doesn't go to me. It doesn't go to a, a pastor to have a fancy watch or a new Ferrari or any of those other rubbish that we see on Instagram. No, no, no. It goes solely unto, come on, somebody, getting the fruit of the glory of God in our region. That's why we give. That's why it's our first fruits offering. This isn't our leftovers at the end of the year. This is God. You are first. You are first. Amen. So if you were a part of that, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of mine and Adrian's heart. Because I know a lot of the stories in this room comes with the territory of being a pastor. And I know for all of us in some form or fashion, this, this wasn't given out of surplus or excess. This was giving out of sacrifice. And I want to tell you, obedience to that sacrifice, God is not a liar. He honors every word that he speaks. So I'm believing for that obedience on your behalf, on our behalf, on this house's behalf. Would just unleash, unleash breakthrough over your home. That destinies and callings, that what God spoke over you in your youth would come to fruition that you living a life of obedience and sacrifice would allow God just to see faith in the earth and move again, as he said in Isaiah. I search the earth for faith, and where is it? I believe it's found at 3584 Roger B. Chaffee. And I think that's going to be a reckoning for hell in our area. And so if you start to feel some resistance, God is pleased the devil is mad, and the church will rejoice. Amen? So don't let resistance slow you down. You lean into that sucker, and you get after all of the oil. Amen? <sighs> That's all I got. Uh, worship team. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it is a very important Sunday. Uh, I'm told that it's Super Bowl Sunday. Great. Uh go whoever prays more uh i want your team to win you know that's you i guess both quarterbacks are christians so the heavens are raging right now which is great <laughs> the enemy's just ticked off all he gets is rihanna and uh the lord gets the teams so it's good right taking over the super bowl as well we're gonna get it baby um but that doesn't start till 6 30 and i've already seen the results so it doesn't really matter uh apparently the eagles won just so you know I saw it in the third heavens. But this morning, if you're new with us, uh, my name is Pastor Matt, uh, my beautiful wife and Adrienne. Uh, we, um, we get to lead this battalion of Green Berets for the Lord, and uh, it's an honor to have you with us. And uh, I know we met one new person, uh, a couple of them, the husband and wife with a mustache that is glorious. So if you see a young man with a mustache that is glorious, that's the guy. Uh, it's great. His wife is lovely. They're a great couple, worshiping their hearts out with a mustache of glory. Anyways. <laughs> but if you're new with us, we're in a season right now where really it's a, 
It's a prophetic word spoken over our church coming out of Luke 12. That is, we really are aiming to be. I know so many, you can look around the room and yeah, there's people not here and yeah, we're new and yeah, we're small and yeah, we're a baby and yeah, we're just turning five years old. But man, Zechariah 4.10 says, do not despise the small beginnings. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He rejoices in the beginning of the work. And friends, Luke 12, man, it has been spoken over us. It's been the call of us. It is what God is urging us to do in this region, in this hour. And we've given an entire year to it. It is the chief concern of heaven. It was Jesus' prime motivator. He said, I have come to cast fire upon the earth. Cast fire upon the earth. And if you're unassociated or that's kind of new to you, he's not meaning like I'm coming to raise hell on the earth. No, he's coming to defeat hell on the earth. He's coming to set a bride on fire for his glory. Amen. This is about a burning bride, a burning body, a burning people in the earth. Amen. So we are setting apart 2023 to be a people that Jesus can burn. Amen. So, fire upon the earth. This is week seven and the title of my message, if you need one of those, it's the spirit of fire. The spirit of fire. The spirit of fire. Would you have that written down? Let me know. Holler out your boy. Fantastic. We are a note-taking church. Uh, if you, um, I mean, if you can keep up with me, that's that's to the fastness of your hands. Uh, but on or around your seat, there is a uh, journal of some kind that you can totally have and take, and there should be a pen around it. That's for you. Um, our great partners at Our Daily Bread um, give those to us. And by partners, I mean they love what the Lord is doing. They also take pity on us young people. <laughs> so it's good. It's good. Um, but how about you go ahead and stand for the reading of the word? John 16, 1 through 15. I've actually never done that, so uh, it's pretty awesome. John 16, 1 through 15. Usually I have you turn there and we wait, but you know what? Let's just, let's just stand for the reading of the word. Amen? We stand for a lot of things. Chief among them should be the word of God. I have said all these things to you. This is Jesus. I have said all these things to you to keep you from the falling away. They will put you out of synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, and when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now, now I am going to him who has sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. And you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the rulers of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Somebody say, all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All, somebody say, all. 
All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you right now. I thank you for a bride on fire. Right now, Lord, I pray. I pray, spirit of fire, come. 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 Father, right now, I ask for a deeper revelation. I want to go further. I want to go higher. I want to go deeper with the Holy Spirit. Give us, give us a deeper revelation of the Holy Spirit of God today, Lord. Offend the religious in us. Offend religion, the spirit of religion that is upon us, Lord. And give us a deeper revelation and replacement of your Holy Spirit. King Jesus, we want to know you. We want to know you. We want to know you. And how can we if we don't have you? So, Father God, I just ask once again, Lord, spirit of fire, come. Every other spirit in the room, you go to hell from which you came. You are not welcome here. Spirit of depression, spirit of suicide, spirit of division, spirit of inadequacies. All of them, all of them bow to the mighty name of Jesus on their way to hell. In Jesus' mighty name, Holy Spirit, fire, would you come, fill this room, fill your people. Today, Lord, we came for one reason and one reason alone, and that is to leave here refined, looking less like Matt McClure and more like you, Jesus. So, Father God, we give you the service, we give you our time, we give you our commitment. Come have your way in us. In Jesus' mighty name, do it all for the glory of God. A fantastic, faithful church all screamed out loud. Amen. Come on. Have a seat. Praise them on your way down. Clap it up. Clap it up. Oh, man. Oh. Spirit of fire. Spirit of fire. Spirit of fire. Um, really, we're in a season right now where, where the Lord was speaking to me so clearly over the last couple weeks and actually... Speaking real clear right now, I need to repent for that. The Lord is always speaking clearly. Over the last few weeks, I've been hearing clearly. There's a difference. There's a difference. The Lord is always speaking clearly. We just aren't always listening clearly. Amen? So for whatever reason, I've just been tuned in a little bit more. It's crazy when there's insane things happening in your life that the Lord just, he allows it to go on so that he can be still small voice in your life. Amen? He's not in the fire, and he's not in the thunder. He's not in the earthquake. He is in the still, small voice. Amen? And as I've been hearing him more clearly, he gave me this. He goes, you want to see a bride on fire? I was like, I want nothing more than a bride on fire, God. I will give my life to see a bride on fire. I'll give my life to see a region lit on fire. And this is more than just hyperbole. This is more than just good preaching. This is more than just the fact that I'm an erratic human being. This is literally what I am spending my life to see happen. It's what I'm asking you to spend your life to see happen. Whether you're young, I want to see you spend your youth to see fire upon the earth. Whether you're old, I want to see you spend your twilight years to see fire upon the earth. Amen. Whether you're married or single, whatever it is, I want to see you spend your relationship or absence thereof to see fire upon the earth. There's only one thing worth giving our lives to. And that is what Jesus came for. And he's like, you want to see a bride on fire? I was like, more than anything. More than anything. He was like, go. 
rest in, dwell in, marinate in, bask in. Don't you dare leave until you get every ounce of oil there is available out of the last lessons of Jesus. And obviously we know, clarified this last week, Jesus is still alive, still active, still sitting on the throne, still speaking to us. Amen. I'm not saying he's done. I'm saying we're going to the scriptures and we're going to evaluate. And last week we started that with John 15. And this week we're coming out of John 16. And next week we're going to go into John 17. And then we're going to spend a little bit of time in Acts 1. And then from there we're going to go to the book of Revelations. And it's just going to be this amazing summer and springtime of burning. Of burning. And then it's my hope by the end of summer when fall is rolling in and it's time for the farmers to start burning their fields so that they can cultivate good soil for next year. It's my hope that we're ready for that in the spirit. We are going somewhere. There is a goal. And the Lord is just getting started with us. Amen. And so for me, Man, when he was saying this, I was like, yes, 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 yes. I, I'm, I'm there. I will give my life for this. And I have to keep getting over myself because these are actually certain scriptures that we preached a couple times last year. And so Matt has pride issues and I need to get over them uh, because I'm like, oh, I already preached on that. And he's like, get over yourself so I can get to my bride. And I'm like, yes, sir. But chief among the things the Lord is saying to his bride, I think we can look all across the world right now and we can see these hotbeds, these coals, these fires that are popping up of people who are getting past the seeker-friendly model of church and getting back to being presence-sensitive people. Amen? Let that be the descriptor of our church, that we are presence-focused, not seeker-friendly. I love you if you're looking. I love you if this is new to you. But welcome to the deep end because there's no other way. There's no other way. But chief among these reasons is it's the Holy Spirit. You see, I, I am convinced. I am absolutely convinced. I am fully persuaded that Jesus didn't come. He didn't die, resurrect, and then ascend simply so that you could be a little bit better. So you have a little less sin. So you have a fewer problems. I, didn't, I don't believe that was the chief end of what God had in mind when he sent Jesus to that cross, when he touched down in hell, and when he ascended back on high, was that you would just be a little bit less like you. See, friends, are you hearing me? The goal has to be like Christ and not Christ's light. You hear me? The goal has to be like Christ, not Christ light. But for far too long, the church has lived below the poverty line of the price that was paid at Calvary. Far too long, we have been the knockoff fago soda of Christianity. For far too long, we have lived discounted discipleship and I believe I believe I believe with everything in me it's because we decided that you know what God we got a really good theology for God the Father God the Son we got a really good theology for Jesus but God the Holy Spirit we really 
don't understand. Because God the Father, we can handle. God the Son, we can handle. It's hubris to think we can handle God because we know God refuses to be handled. God will only be hosted. He will only be hosted. We are heralds, not handlers. Preach to anybody this morning. We are heralds. Come, Lord Jesus, come. The Spirit and the bride, what? Say, come. Which means that the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential to the Christian walk. It's absolutely essential, you see, beside the Holy Spirit actually living and residing on the inside of us that actually begins to sanctify us and make us look more like Christ Jesus. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? But we decided, you know what, I don't really understand this guy, so we're going to go God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible, but that's not the Trinity. That's not who he is. God is three and one, one and three, and we have decided to make the Holy Spirit the forgotten God, but when we make him the forgotten God, we forfeit the power that comes along with him. I'm preaching to anybody this morning. When we make one third of the Trinity forgotten, we forfeit the power that comes along with him. Friends, today, I need you to hear me. When you think New Testament, you've got to think Holy Spirit. When you think New Testament, which you and I are, we exist between the book of Acts ending and Revelation beginning. In between now and then is this area called 2023 Midwest Christianity. And I don't want to be found as the church of Laodicea saying this one thing I have against you. I want to be found as a church that Jesus celebrates when he comes back. I preach to anybody this morning. It's who we are. But we will not achieve that, we will not be that, and we will not live to the highest potential that God gave Jesus for on the cross if we continue to keep Holy Spirit as what? A series once a year? Holy Spirit Sunday, a Sunday a year? This man, the Spirit of the living God, one and three, three and one, and we go, you get a Sunday. You get a series. You know, Holy Spirit, you've been good to us. You get a series. How ridiculous we look. How ridiculous we look. We're never going to be the bride that Jesus can burn upon if the Holy Spirit isn't first burning within us. There is a spirit of fire that is called to separate the wheat from the chaff, that is called to separate us from every other lover, that is called to separate us from every other desire, separate us from every other person, make us a distinct people upon the earth. What separates you from the Buddhist down the road? You have the living God on the inside of you. What sets, what sets Takeover Church apart from a mosque temple? We have the living God on the inside of us. What sets us apart from the atheists? We have the creator of the universe, the designer of everything, the one holy one. We have him residing on the inside of us. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? 
This is why we are different. This is why we are set apart. This is why your life has purpose. This is why you are here. But friends, we live in a time and place for the last 30 years. I mean, think about it. If you think about a bride on fire, a church on fire, what a Christian should look like on fire for God, fully activated underneath the compulsion and persuasion of the Holy Spirit, completely submitted to his will and his words and his ways, does that look like the church of the last 30 years? You see, we decided because we can't understand him, we're not even going to attempt to host him because we can't handle him. So we've made it God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. But it's not. He's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now hear me today. The Holy Word of God is wholly essential for our lives. The Holy Word of God is wholly essential for our lives. Why? Because our God is not a liar. He is full of holy conviction, not wild contradictions. Hear me today. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, but you can't trace back that voice to what it sounds like in the Word of God, it's not the Holy Spirit. Hear me. The devil says, I roar like a roaring lion, like he can mimic God real good, friends. If it's not in the Word of God, if you can't find that voice in the Scriptures, whatever you're listening to and whatever you're heeding isn't the one-third of the Holy Trinity. It's the enemy of your soul. It's your own flesh and desires. Listen. The holy word of God is essential to our lives because he will never contradict himself. Holy conviction, not wild contradictions. Amen? It's who he is. And so we've got to get back to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's no wonder the bride is in the condition that she's in. It's no wonder that the world is in the condition it is in. Friends, Jesus said at the end of John 15 and later on in this scripture, he says, the Holy Spirit will come and he will convict the world of sin. We live in a time and place where guess what is running the world? Sin. <laughs> sin. It's absolutely insane. And so Jesus, whom I love, is anybody else love Jesus in this room? Come on. Jesus, being Jesus, he speaks a greater word. He speaks about a time that is coming. He speaks about when the Holy Spirit is to come. Friends, I love Lord Jesus. We will remain worshiping Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus is perfect theology. He is the personification of God himself. We love Jesus here. And on the same side of the coin. These are not ideas or theologies that are fighting each other. He is one in three and three in one. We have got to begin to make the Holy Spirit in relationship with him a priority in our lives. We've got to. He, we've got to. God the Father has a personality. God the Son has a personality. God the Holy Spirit has a personality. Pastor Matt, this sounds complicated. I get it. Let the Holy Spirit make it simple for you. Get to know him. You know what makes God real simple real quick? Spending time with him. <laughs> learning his voice, learning his ways. 
The Holy Spirit, he is looking, he is searching, and he is ready to fall on a people. Make you and I like Jesus. He is ready to do a great work in the earth again. But will you be a people? Will I be a pastor? Will we be a church that submits our understanding, lays down our confusion, welcomes all that the spirit of fire is and relents at his voice and his voice alone. Will we be that church? You see, Jesus, he starts this whole kit and caboodle off right here and he goes, I have told you these things to keep you from falling away. I've told you these things to keep you from falling away. There will be a time when they will take you out of synagogues and they will flog you, beat you, stone you, and kill you in the streets. And they will think they're doing it unto the glory of God. Friends, at this point in time, it was Jews doing unto Christians because they thought that's what the God of Israel would desire. But when it happens to us, and friends, we already read the end of the book. We know a time is coming when it will be dark. When it happens to us, it won't be the Jews doing it to Christians unto the glory of God. It will be the unbelieving world doing it because of the God they worship themselves. But Jesus, somebody say, but Jesus. But Jesus. He told us, I've said all of these things to keep you from falling away. You know what that tells me? I can look at the world right now and we see this mass falling away of Christians. We do, we do. We see a mass falling away of Christians. Yet here's Jesus 2,000 years ago going, I've said all these things to keep you from falling away. What does that say? Let's do the math. Two plus two equals. The reason you're falling away isn't because the culture wars are being won by the left or because the culture wars are being won, uh, won by the right. There is a great falling away happening right now because preachers have refused to preach the Holy Spirit. And if we won't preach the Holy Spirit, how will people receive the Holy Spirit? There's a mass falling away because people don't have God on the inside of them. We said some prayers, we raised our hands, we rushed an altar. But we didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, Pastor Matt, run that by me. Well, he comes to what? convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. We got all these Christians deconstructing, falling away, and faltering because of the culture right now. Must be that they don't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them convicting them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. I got one guy in the back shouting me down. Pretty sure he's a pastor and works here. Evan, you got a smooth voice. But that's why we're having a mass falling away. How can a people receive what the preachers refuse to preach? How can a people receive a meal that those who have been called, who will be weighed higher, who will stand before God in the most intimate way and be responsible for every idle word they ever speak, every thought they ever had, every motive that wasn't pure and for the glory of God. When we as preachers and pastors, we stand before God Almighty.
And like Jesus talking to Peter, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Lord, I do love you. Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Lord, I do love you. No, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Friends, I will stand before God. And if I do not tell you, there is one third of this thing that we need to literally get on the inside of us. It will prevent you from falling away. If you need to fight for your faith today, what you need to really do is start inviting the Holy Spirit in. It's who he is. I refuse to allow him to be a forgotten God and the church to forfeit her power. I've said all these things to keep you from falling away. And we're seeing it right now, mass exodus out of the Christian faith. And it's because we stood up here for far too long telling you church was about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God coming back for his people, his image, his likeness, his bride. And if we don't get this revelation today, if we don't get this this season, if we go through all of 2023 and we do not develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, friends, I have missed the mark. That's my responsibility. Oh, pastor, you can't put other people's faith on your shoulders. Yes, I can. That's literally what it means. I'm not responsible for every dumb decision you make, but I am responsible for feeding you the good news of Jesus Christ. Someone just shouted that down. That's funny. (laughs) Woo. (laughs) I'm not. But I am called to contend. And you were called to contend. And you know what, friends? You know what I think this really boils down to? Quite frankly, is we really just don't quite understand what we've gotten ourselves into. We don't. I don't think we do. I think we could pause right here and we could spend a month on it and we still wouldn't understand all that Jesus is attempting to get on the inside of his bride. Because we can go all the way back to the beginning. All the way back to the beginning. Why are we in the mess that we are in? Why do we have an enemy for our souls? Because there was a dumb angel who had a dumb thought and he took up that dumb thought. He decided to act upon that dumb thought and he thought, I should be God. So what happens? This angel has a mass rebellion in heaven. Trust me, friends. You already believe in Jesus. You believe in the weirdest part. This is easy. God was born of a virgin. We believe the weird part. Hear me. This this angel wanted to be God so bad that he led a mass rebellion in heaven. He took one-third of heaven's angels with him. He decided that if he can't be God, He would terrorize God. He would fight God. He would rob God. He would steal, kill, and destroy from God that which God holds the most dear to him. And what is that? His image, his likeness, his sons, his daughters, his people. And so what did he do? He slithered on over and he tempted Eve with a fig. Adam and Eve, they took of the fig, they ate it, and they broke the world. They entered rebellion. They sinned, and all of a sudden, with one bite of disobedience, one moment of giving into temptation, the world broke. 
we broke. Life as God designed it broke. And all of a sudden with sin came death, came divorce, came sickness, came all of it. And then we decided when we got here, we would take Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. And we would water that sucker down. We would cut the wine of his blood with water. And we would tell you, church was all about you. Five steps to great business practices and how to have really awesome finances with the Gordon Ramsay system. And we've done that for 30 years. And we wonder why the Holy Spirit isn't moving in the church today. It's because we sterilized and we stifled him. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Too real? Good. We sterilized and we stifled him. And Jesus is saying, I told you all of these things. I told you about how I am the vine and you are my branches and you can't just give me temporary affection. You've got to give me eternal attachment. You've got to be all in on this thing. You've got to be married to me if we're going to do this thing. He told you all of this so you would not fall away. But see, I think we get disillusioned. I think we get fooled. I think we fall over ourselves in religion and we don't realize, no, 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 this is a war on all sides that we are in. That's why divorce rates in Christianity are an all-time high. That's why pornography use in Christians is at an all-time high. That's why suicides among Christians are at an all-time high. This is all Barner research. You can find this for yourself right now. The church is deteriorating from the inside. And you don't think there's a devil? And then we got heretics like Rob Bell telling you hell doesn't exist. We got people like Andy Stanley who's detaching himself from the literal word of God. Friends, there is a war. But what Jesus says next should breathe life to your bones. Because Jesus goes, I've told you all this, so you won't fall away. But trust me, it's better that I go. And then he uses this word, it's to your advantage that I go. It's to your advantage that I go. Well, here's Peter and the disciples. And earlier they were like, Jesus was going, Peter, are you going to leave me too? And he goes, where would I go? You have the words of life. Where else would I go? You have the words of life, right? And so, of course, Jesus is going. I didn't hold, I held off on telling you these things because your heart would be full of sorrow because for three years straight, these guys and these girls, these disciples, this early church, they spent time with the one whose words are life themselves. And now that same one whose words produce life is now telling you it is actually to your advantage that he leaves you. Of course sorrow would enter your heart. Of course confusion would fall upon you. Of course this would be the strangest conversation you've had yet with Jesus and he's told you to eat his body and drink his blood. This is the craziest thing. How could it be any better than being with you, Jesus? 
So much so the apostle Paul, he even has a moment where he goes, I want to be with Jesus so bad. I am ready to shed my mortal tent so I can go and be with Jesus. Why is that? Because being with Jesus to the Christian should be the highest desired thing in your life. Being with Jesus should be the highest desired thing in your life. But Jesus' highest desired thing was to ascend back on high to rule in heaven to be with his father. His highest desire for you wouldn't that he would be Jesus, God with us among the 12, but he would then send the Holy Spirit to be God within us. He was God with us and now the Holy Spirit is God within us. This is Jesus' end game. It's only when the Holy Spirit gets on the inside of you that you begin to look and live and sound like and act like Jesus. You see, we've got a really great theology for God the Father. We've got a really great theology for God the Son. We've got a really great theology for the cross. We've got a really terrible theology for the ascension. We've got a really great theology for the empty tomb but we have a really terrible theology for the Holy Spirit. Do you see the lines that I'm drawing here? Do you see the lines that I'm drawing here? We've got loads of art and pictures and all of these songs, all of these descriptors of these moments with Jesus. And very rarely do we have anything that depicts what it looks like to live as a Holy Spirit-filled believer. Friends, Jesus did not come, die, live and ascend so that you could just be a little bit better you. He did all of that so that he could have spirit-filled sons and daughters. It wasn't just simply Jesus' followers. It was people that would follow like Jesus, being filled with his spirit. You see, friends, in our world today, we get overwhelmed and we're going, how are we going to stop? How are we going to combat? How are we going to fight all this stuff? Friends, it's the Holy Spirit that rests in you for you, but he rests upon you for them. Hear me today. The Holy Spirit's in you for you, but he's on you for the world. And you've got to get this today. You see, there's this word that Jesus uses right here. It's called advantage. And how many of you know when you're in a fight, you'll take any advantage you can get? right? You take any advantage you could get. If you're in a fight for your life, fight for your marriage, fight for your salvation, fight for your sin, fight for your purity, all of these things, these things that we are fighting daily, contending for daily. How many of you know you need more than a leg up? You need the upper hand. See, this advantage that Jesus is speaking about doesn't just give you a boost. It gives you the upper hand. This Holy Spirit, he is more than just a leg up in life or a leg up on the enemy. He gives you power and dominion to live above the devil. Live above your flesh. Live above the culture. Live above depression. Live above sickness. Live above doubt. All of these things. He is your what? Advantage. But see, we think about that and all of a sudden it's like this pep talk. It's this pep talk, like, yeah, Jesus is our advantage. Holy Spirit's our advantage. Go, yeah, I can do it. Whew. 
But we have no idea what the word advantage means. We have no idea what the word advantage means. In fact, I'm going to ask Adrian in the booth. Get up for Adrian. Hold him down back there. Adrian, will you throw up that Greek word that I have a hard time pronouncing? My wife just got it on one go. I've been praying in the spirit for a week. Lord, teach me how to say it. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, I believe it's paleonectoma. She's actually, she's correct. Paleonectoma. Paleonectoma. But its literal meaning is added vantage. Added vantage. Added vantage. See, the problem is we don't know English real good. And so we up here spouting off of the mouth going, Holy Spirit's our advantage. And we're like, yeah, he puts us ahead. I'm the head, not the tail. Yeah, the first will be last, last will be first. I've been last for a long time. Woo. <laughs> now you're with me. Now you're with me. But that's how we live. We're like, he gave us the advantage. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. He gave you an added vantage. What does that mean? What is an added vantage? Well, what's a vantage? It's the highest view. It's the highest view. It's the highest view. The Holy Spirit isn't just a leg up. He's the upper hand. Literally, the Holy Spirit gives you an added vantage over what? The enemy. Over what? Principalities and dark places. Over what? Demonized friends that you have. Over what? Sex and culture. Over what? Your own temptation. Over what? Divorce. Over what? Depression. Over what? Cancer. Over what? Hospice. The added advantage. He gives you the highest view. The Holy Spirit's main role in your life is to enable you to see from the throne room. Enable you to have the vantage point that Jesus Christ rules from on his throne in heaven. Suddenly, we're sitting here going, God, I want to know you. We're praying, we're going through scripture. What would happen, friends, if you decided to take the Holy Spirit up on being the added vantage in your life, the paleonictima, however you say it, took the Holy Spirit up on being the added advantage and all of a sudden you began to not just fight for a relationship with God, fight to understand his word, fight to get a revelation, but by way of the Holy Spirit, you began to read the word of God from the throne of God. All of a sudden, this fight becomes real easy because you're now seeing God's word, how God said it, how God intended, how God spoke it, because you're now seeing it from his, what, vantage point his highest view. Friends, what would this region look like? What would your college look like? What would your workplace look like? What would your relationships, your marriage, your friends, the people in your life who are battling sickness, the people in your life who have demons, what would it look like if you decided to take up the Holy Spirit on being this added advantage that when you are at college or when you are at work or when you are with your family, you are seeing things from heaven's perspective and you know what? That makes praying real easy. That makes praying real easy because all of a sudden you've got the Holy Spirit sniper scope and you are able to see things for what they actually are, not what people pretend them to be. Not the things that we try to hide because we're shameful, not because we're embarrassed, not because we don't want people to know our business. 
God, we're the loudest generation on social media telling everybody about our business, but the second a brother or sister in Christ wants to pray over it, get out of my business and we're offended? Are you kidding me? You posted about it on Facebook, you idiot. I will. It's just like, I'd really love to pray for you. Get out of here. Stupid. I'm going to give this a thumbs down. But what would it look like? What would the lives around you look like if you lived with heaven's vantage point? And all of a sudden, you began to pray, and you were praying the prayers that Jesus prayed when he was on the earth. Jesus prayed with his disciples, what his disciples prayed when they were living. What if you decided at that point that you were going to be empowered, edified, emboldened, brazen by the Holy Spirit? Because you have the added vantage. You had the upper hand on every area. What would it look like if you began to use it? You see, what good is an advantage if one, you don't know you have it, and two, you don't know how to use it if you did have it? What good is that? What good is that? That's how we've treated church. That's how we've treated following Jesus. We've told you it's about God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Bible, but we never told you that you have an added vantage point that gives you the upper hand on everything everything. There's not a single area in your life that is absolved from the grace and the mercy and the invasion of Jesus Christ. Not a single area. Not a single area. So that means you can have an added vantage over everything. God, my marriage is falling apart. Added vantage. How would you love your spouse? How would you pray for your spouse? How would you contend for your spouse? How would you fight for your spouse? How would you love your spouse? If you lived with heaven's added vantage point. Single people, same thing. You don't have to go with the rat race. Downtown, clubs, drinking, all this stuff. Oh, church is new, church is too small. Guess I gotta leave this church and go to a bigger church to try to hunt and find hunger and thirst after righteousness and all things will be added onto you. What does heaven's added vantage point say about your life? about your struggles, about your sin, about your temptation. Man, hear me go, here we go, here we go, hear me. What does heaven's added vantage say about you? Struggling with sin again, stuck in temptation again, same cycles again, and we're fighting this, and we're fighting this, and fighting this, and I want to ask you sometimes, have you gone to the throne room and took an evaluation of your life from Jesus' perspective? Because with the Holy Spirit's added vantage in your life, guess what you begin to see? You begin to see you the way God sees you. You begin to value you the way God values you. You begin to fight the way God fights for you. You begin to pray. Jesus is called the great intercessor of our faith. You begin to intercede for yourself the way Jesus intercedes for yourself. You begin to plead the blood of Jesus over your life the way Jesus is still at the mercy seat pleading the blood over your life. You begin to have and live from what? Heaven's added vantage point in your life. So yes, Peter, so yes, Matt, so yes, Hamza, so yes, Adrian, so yes, Josh, it is better that Jesus goes because you need an advantage. The world is broken. We broke it. The enemy rules it. He hates you. But praise God, you've got advantage.
You've got the advantage. See, most Christians, you live weak and powerless lives, but it's because we thought we just existed to get beat up by the devil and then go to heaven one day. As if our reward for being Christians is just to be smashed our entire lives. You think that's what Jesus died for? Persecution is real. Things will happen to you. The enemy hates you, of course. But if you live with the added vantage of heaven, you would know you're a part of a greater story. The resurrection has taken place. God wins out in the end. And guess what? The devil's gonna pay for every single thing he tried to steal from you. I look at our region and I see a lot of religion. And I wonder, I wonder if you lived your life, don't, can we just end the days where the pastors and the church leaders are the only ones with any power? I don't mean power in the church, like Jesus set this whole thing up, it's just how it works. But I'm not talking about on a Sunday. I talk about real power. I'm talking about real power. I'm not talking about what happens here for two hours. I'm talking about real power. I talk about the power where you take what happens here and you cast out a demon in your workplace at 9 a.m. And then that person has the best day of work ever. Dead serious. High tide that demons get kicked out again. But we just don't understand it. It's hard to preach. I don't care if it's hard to preach. It's not about you. It's not about whether they get it or not. It's the truth of God that sets people free. Amen? How will they ever be set free? How will we ever get revelation if we don't preach the truth? But there's a religious principality that sits above West Michigan, that sits above our region. And it worships pastors. And it worships comfort. And it worships easy to digest spiritual milk. It worships a Christianity that doesn't cost you anything, but makes you feel a little bit better when you leave. It worships a powerless Christ because you still live the same sinful lives you did as you came in the day before. And I wonder what it would look like if you lived with heaven's added advantage and you, you didn't leave it up to me to be the one here on Monday mornings with my intern young Micah praying the principalities down, trying to pierce it and gut it from the bottom. But you were lifting up your prayers. You were interceding. You were saying, no, religion falls in my area. Religion falls in my region. Religion falls in my workplace. Religion falls on my cul-de-sac. Religion falls in my region. It's not good enough. Religion can't stay. It has to be gutted. It has to be unmasked. It has to be killed. And friends, you and I, we are welcome into this thing where we live with the added advantage to see it for what it is and then pray it down in the spirit. This is what you and I have been called to. See, Jesus, he goes on to say, man, when the spirit of truth comes, it's to your advantage and he is going to convict the world of sin, righteousness and judgment. No wonder Christians today they're soft on sin and they're weak on righteousness and we don't even touch the word judgment. You wonder why? Because we don't have the Holy Spirit. We don't have the Holy Spirit. We don't have the Holy Spirit Because pastors decided we liked being liked. 
I'm okay if there's some goats in the room that want to bite me when I turn my back. I'm okay if there's some wolves that try to come in here. I will smash you. I have sheep to groom. I have sheep to feed. I have sheep to protect. I have sheep to produce a good harvest in. I don't have time to care about our feelings. You need to be fed. If I care about your feelings, you will go uh, malnourished. You will be emaciated. Too many Christians are skinny in the spirit. We're trying to raise up Holy Spirit heavyweights. Jesus goes, it's to your advantage. We got to begin to live with heaven's added advantage. Do you know what our church fathers call that? They call it an open heaven. For 2,000 years, our church fathers have talked about this. It's called an open heaven, that when you live understanding Not only is there something made available to you, but you have been plugged into the source. I mean, what good is something being made available to you if you're not plugged into the source to deliver it, amen? There is so much power and authority in the Holy Spirit for your lives and the lives of those around you. The world would never be able to understand it. It would never be able to handle it. But it's not their job to understand it, nor is it yours. And it's not their job to handle it, nor is it yours. It's our job to steward it and then deliver it. That's what we're called to do. We're called to live underneath an open heaven where we don't see things the way people do. The things that throw those around us doesn't throw us. We're not tossed to and fro by the economy. Why? It's not where our hope comes from. It doesn't matter who's in the White House at the time. Do we want godly laws? Absolutely. Do we want to protect the unborn? 100%. Would we love to see the sanctity of marriage restored in the earth? 100%. But I'm not going to be swayed because there's been kings and there's been pharaohs and they've all been dust. And they will be dust again. And they will all bow their names and they will stand before the same God. And so we will contend, we will contend, we will contend, and we will fight with the added vantage point of heaven, which means we will go into every arena, every sector, every relationship, every dark corner, every single place in the earth and in the region that God has called us to, West Michigan, and we will open up the heavens. We will open up the heavens. There are blessings that you have not received yet because you've been looking at things the way you look at things instead of looking at things the way God sees them. There are blessings, the people in your life that you've been assigned to. Friends, if they are in your life, you're there for a reason. They are assigned to you and you are assigned to them. The people at your work that you don't like, they are a divine appointment. Maybe cast the devil out of them and see if you like them later. I'm serious. You're called to go into your workplace with an open heaven. Amy and Stephanie, they aren't just in Life International for no reason. It's a season ordained by God. You don't own your own business for a reason. You're not a manager at your business for no reason. You have a plan and a purpose. There's a greater narrative that you've been brought into. Josh Cole manages the back of the house at the second temple on the earth, Chick-fil-A. And he's not there on accident. Not every person there is a solid, Holy Spirit-filled Christian. But Josh is called to be. And then from there, being plugged into the conduit, the power source, what does he do? He delivers it. This is who we're called to be. We operate underneath an open heaven. And friends, then hear this, hear this, hear this, hear this, hear this. 
this open heaven, the way I can back this up is what Jesus says next. He goes on. The helper is going to come. The strength is going to come. This, this mighty wind is going to come. I promise you, here is life and life to the full. It is going to be the Holy Spirit living and residing on the inside of you. Friends, salvation came from the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, and the ascension of Christ. And as Jesus passes by and the Holy Spirit is descending, the greatest tag team in all of history. Holy Spirit gets tagged in. And this whole sanctification process, this whole becoming more like Jesus thing that we're all about, it's when the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to take a residence in your life. You begin to be obedient and heed his word and his will. And he's not waiting for you to be perfect, for you to live in open heaven. In fact, what Jesus says doesn't actually have a whole lot to do with perfection. He is, he is working that out in you. He will convict you of sin and of righteousness, amen? He's like, I've got that part. I need you to be obedient. Because what happens next is this beautiful part where Jesus goes, surely I tell you, the Father, all that he has, has been given to me. Has been given to me. All that God has. All that the Father has, it's been given to me. And now I give it to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he gives it to you. He gives it to you. This will offend the religious principality in our area. And this message will offend the religious spirit on the inside of us. Because I am now telling you that by way of the Holy Spirit, you have power on the inside of you. You are a wrecking ball for hell. You are a deliverer of salvation. And Jesus is proclaiming all that God has, not just that all that God knows, so therefore we can't just rest on great theology, can we? Not just all that God sees, so we can't just rest on great prophets, can we? Not just all that God hears, so we can't just rest on great words of knowledge. Not, that all, that not all that God feels or senses, so we can't rest on our emotions and our mind and our will alone. But no, Jesus says, all including God's power. We can't just rest on God's power. All that God has, hear me, massive concept, holy reality, something you and I need to get on the inside of us because we need to start looking more like the book of Acts and less like, I almost said someone's name and I won't do it. All that God has, all of it, that's this open heaven. You live with a funnel over you that Jesus is saying all that he has, not just his thoughts, not just his ideas, not just his emotions, not just his power, not just what he sees and not just what he hears, but all that God has, I've given to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit I give to you and he declares it to you you. He declares it. He gives it. He puts it on you. Why? Because this is God's great plan in the end of days. Jesus's return isn't a rescue mission. It's judgment. The rescue mission is yours and mine. 
He's not looking for a powerless, weak, impotent, small bride. He is looking for a bold, beautiful, luscious, stunning, dripped in white and knows her worth and has the power of it. Amen? That is the bride he's looking for. And she is filled to the brim, overflowing with the Holy Spirit. She is relented to his will and his alone. We are a set apart people. We are not a social club. We are not a place to make friends. We are a bride and a body that you have been sown and grafted and transplanted into. And she's filled with the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus, he goes, the Holy Spirit, he won't even speak on his own authority. But he's only going to tell you what he hears from God. And then he says this. Worship team, you can make your way up here. Then he says this. The things that he hears from God of the things that are to come. The things that are to come. You see what I love about that language that Jesus used. You see, if his life, if his words are life, he didn't mix words. He didn't get confused. He didn't say something on accident. He didn't get tongue twisted and tongue tied. No, no, no. He said something on purpose, with a purpose, with purpose in it. He goes, of the things to come. Of the things to come. That means God's word, final. God's will, final. God's thoughts, God's ideas, God's what he sees, what he's hearing, what he wants to do, final. It's the only thing that will prevent the things to come from coming is you and I not listening. And the only reason you and I wouldn't be listening is because we simply don't know. And the reason we don't know is because we don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus has this moment where he says, depart from me, I never knew you. You did a lot of things in my name. You casted out devils. You performed miracles. You made great ministries. You raised great kids. You did cool stuff in my name. But it was a name alone. Depart from me, I never knew you. There's a knowing of God that comes with the Holy Spirit. There's an intimacy with God that comes with the Holy Spirit. There is a keeping in step with what God is doing in the earth that only comes by way of the Holy Spirit. I love good theology. I'm an absolute nut. I spend all this time reading. It's my favorite thing. But there is a tangible encounter, experiential thing that we read about in scripture, that we hear about in revivals of old, that we celebrate on Azusa Street, and that right now is happening at Asbury College in Kentucky. For like 80 plus hours, young people have been worshiping straight, literally for days. It's actually happening. And then you know what I see from pastors that I'm friends with? They share it. And then they go, revival's great and all, and we celebrate that. But if revival doesn't lead to discipleship, then it wasn't really revival. Who's going to disciple these kids? 
And all of a sudden, there's an outpouring of the things we've been praying for, that we've been clamoring for, and we're found criticizing and not celebrating and not rejoicing, but rejecting when God actually does it. It's like, of course, discipleship is a part of it. Don't you think they know that? We don't need armchair quarterbacks. We don't need it. We need to say, yes, Lord Jesus, do it here. The only reason we're criticizing it is because we don't possess it. It's like, finally, the Lord is moving. I mean, can you imagine? You think our services are long? You think our glory nights go forever? You think crazy things? 80 plus hours going strong. This is what we're contending for. This is what we're going after. Come, Lord Jesus, come. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. Friends, there is an open heaven that you are called to live with, that you are called to seek the things where Christ is. What's in that throne room? I don't know what he has for you in that throne room. But I know that he wants you to ask him for it. I know that he wants you to fast for it. I know that he wants you to pray for it. I know he wants you to seek his face for it. I know he wants you to live with such boldness and obedience that breakthrough bows when you say come. Would you stand? There's a spirit of fire. He's available for every single one of us. Every single one of us. And he's real and he's authentic. Does emotions come? Of course. You are encountering the holies of holies. Prior to the Holy Spirit, the presence of God melted people. Of course you're going to shake. Of course you're going to tremble. Of course you're going to be delivered for some things. It's not our job to sit here and judge somebody else's encounter with the Lord. It's ours to celebrate and pray and intercede. And so that's how we're going to end service. We're going to ask for the spirit of fire to move. Pastor Matt, didn't we pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the beginning of this? Yes. And if you look at Acts 2, the Holy Spirit come. And by the time Acts 4 got around, they're asking for another outpouring. We can never have enough. You're a broken vessel and you leak. I'm a broken vessel and I leak. It's one infilling but many outpourings. Amen? We need Him. So today, today, I'm telling you, young and old alike, young and old alike, seasoned saints or new salvations, wherever you are on this relationship with Jesus, There is one-third of God that's been forgotten about too long. And therefore, His power has gone forfeited in the earth for far too long. And today, friends, I invite you into an invitation where that reality ends and a new reality doesn't begin again. It continues on from our forefathers and the martyrs and the people that have contended for it and what Asbury is tasting right now and what the earth is in desperate need for again revival
So I'm going to pray, and as I do, don't wait for me to be done. You don't actually honor me when you delay obedience to God while waiting for me to finish. Honor God. That'll honor me. Obey Him. That'll honor me. Don't wait for me. I'm praying a prayer. I'm blessing you. I'm asking the Lord to come and move and put you on your face before Him and change your life. And by changing your life, changing the lives of those around you, by changing those around you, changing the region we live in. So I invite you, come. If you want more of the Spirit of fire, come. If you want to experience the Holy Spirit for the first time, come. Our team of leaders is around and willing to come around and pray, but this is a moment. We didn't see this happen in the book of Acts. Instead, they just contended for the Spirit and the Spirit came. We didn't need church leaders to come and pray and hear the cries and hear the stories and hear the stuff. Ministry time can happen later. Right now, it's time for the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray for the Spirit of fire to fall, the Spirit of fire to come. And we're going to ask Him to ruin us for every other lover every other idea, every other desire, every other idol we've ever worshipped, and every other God we have bowed to, every other thing that has taken up residency where the Holy Spirit has declared emphatically mine. Yes. Spirit and the bride say, come. Father God, I thank you for this morning. Father, I ask right now that you would unleash right now, Lord, Right now, Lord, unleash. Rend the heavens again, God. Rend the heavens again, God. We celebrate with our brothers and sisters who are experiencing you in a newfound way, God. But we know, we know while it may be new to us, it's all to you. It is by design, God. It's by design, God, today, Lord Jesus, we again, we place ourselves on the altar of worship. We're not seeking a behavior modification. We are seeking a radical transformation of our lives, God. Come and take over, Holy Spirit. Come and take over, Holy Spirit. Be the oil in the wounds, God. Be the oil in the wounds, God. Be the hands that lift the head, Holy Spirit. Be the rest for the weary. Be the fire in our bones. Jeremiah preaches loudly. I got this word like a fire in my bones. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you be the fire in our bones? Would you be the revival for the weary, for the thirsty, for the hungry right now, God? Spirit of fire, come. 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 Come on the marriages. Come on the wives. Fall on the husbands. Fall on the fall off, far off. Fall on the prodigals. Fall on those who don't have faith for themselves yet. Give them a Saul of Taurus moment, God. Holy Spirit, fall on those wrestling and stuck in their sin, the bear traps of this world. Fall on them. Open the heavens, 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 God. Right now, Holy Spirit, come. Have your way. Give us that added advantage. 
Give us the advantage right now, God. The advantage against the attacks of the enemy. The advantage against the attacks of our culture. The advantage of against the night terrors. Against the thoughts that come to steal the joy and the fruit of our day as we lay down our head tonight, God. Come, Lord. Like Solomon wrote in the Song of Songs, catch the little foxes, my love, before they ruin the whole vineyard right now. Holy Spirit, catch the little foxes in our lives. We want nothing but you. Every single thought set on you. Every single motive set on you. Every single action set on you. Holy Spirit, come. Spirit of fire, come. Remember, be obedient. Be obedient. Whatever the Lord is calling you to do, some are on their knees. Some are lifting their hands. Some are praying in tongues. Some are shouting. Right now, you be obedient to the Holy Spirit. You tell God, you are welcome here. I haven't forgotten about you. I haven't forfeited you. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. I'll host you, Holy Spirit. I'll be a vessel for you, Lord. If you're looking for faith, find it here. However big or however small, Lord, my faith is yours and yours alone. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Worship team. Worship team. Prophesy, sing. Welcome him in. Herald him in. Holy Spirit, we give our lives to host you. We spend our lives to host you. Lord, edify us. Build us up. Embolden your people. Praising us, God. Give us that foretaste of heaven, Lord, that ruins us for everything else on the earth, God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come, Spirit of fire, and burn upon your bride. She is ready to be clothed. She is full of oil. She is found ready. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Spirit of fire, come. Spirit of fire, come. Spirit of fire, come. Spirit of fire, come. Burn us, God. Burn us, God. Burn us, God. We lift your name. Change us, God. Shape us, God. We're here for you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yes. Make this your song. As you receive the Holy Spirit. King and Savior, our great. Amen. Let's worship. You are.